0: The Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24/7 home of the Black and Gold, SNR. Steelers Blitz on a Monday. It's Combine Week. It's almost March. All the fun things are happening. We got the Combine coming up. We've got some important deadlines. We've got free agency beginning in just a couple weeks. Joining us now as he is kind of do kind enough to do just about every single Monday here on the show. It is our good friend of the show, good friend in real life, our buddy, Chris Carter. You hear him here on SNR all the time. He is a mainstay in the Steelers media, wherever you get your stuff, the Locked on Steelers podcast, WPXI, DK Pittsburgh Sports. He's here. He's there. He's everywhere. Mr. Carter, what's up, cousin?
1: I'm doing great, guys. The Migos are back in the building. Love it. (laughs) Let's go. scoo. -scoo. that's just that's just never
0: gonna get old it's it's never gonna no, it's get not. old i'm gonna take it's it it's our I'm thing take man. it,
2: it our is city. our thing yes
0: uh, i love it i love it let's jump right in here with mr carter because he's a busy man plenty that we want to get to here in this segment that we have him for chris we are staring down the nfl combine you know things really getting underway march 1st in terms of you know the the real testing and interviews and press conferences and all that stuff uh Let's start bigger picture before we zoom in on a couple things here. Just combine week. What are you most looking forward to? I always look forward to you know to seeing the the, the, the explosiveness.
1: I'm really looking forward to this linebacker class because I truly think, and as Arthur and I, Arthur Mosen and I talked about um, for you know for Monday's episode of Locked mm-hmm. On Steelers, you know we're really looking at you know, how this, how this class can move, right? Because everyone has their preconceived notions, nothing, you know, um, um, you know, people are starting to watch tape in the, in the media now of some of these guys. So now it just comes down to, you know, what changes your mind about guys? Well, the the combine is where you'll see everybody's mind start to change. Everybody's going to start, you know, picking this guy or picking that guy or choosing this, that, Uh, you know, edge I'm really intrigued to see, you know, where some of these edge rushers where some of these cornerbacks, where some of these safeties do for themselves. Cause when you see, you know, it's not just about the, 40-yard dash it's about you know it's, it's it you know it's about the broad jump it, you know it's going to be all the different it's about the cone events you know being able to show you know how explosive are you you know how quick are you cutting back and forth what are your shuttle times those are the things that i look for to, and, and and people start adding up when you see those numbers people start getting ideas in their heads like well this might not have shown on tape but look at these numbers and you know people can make or break their careers with those, you know, like you know, last year uh, Paris Ford was a guy that going into twenty twenty one, you know, or twenty twenty, excuse me, people thought would have been you know a second round pick safety, ended up being a seventh rounder because he had a terrible pro day for Pitt, you know, and so it's gonna be uh it's gonna be interesting to see you know which guys pop up, you know, and then of course with offensive linemen you're looking more at the broad, at the broad jump to see like how explosive they are out of their stance. You know, with linebackers, you look at shuttle to see quickness and straight line speed. You, Everyone's going to look at 40-yard dashes. Um, you know, so I'm intrigued to see who sets themselves apart. You know, if, if some of the like, linebacker class changed I think you could see some changes in the cornerback class. And you could definitely see some changes in the receiver class. I think one thing indirectly that wouldn't necessarily impact the Steelers as much is that if you could – if your Steelers fade, you should be rooting – for some of these wide receivers to run ridiculous times. The more wide receivers do that, the higher they will go in this draft. The more wide receivers get in front of you at 20, the better chance you get a a shot at the quarterback, the cornerback, the linebacker, or the offensive lineman that you want.
2: Now you're absolutely right with that. And what I was going to ask, though, Chris, because we know every year with the combine, we feel like you get the people that overreact to these performances and the people <laughs> that kind of just say, you know, what, we don't put any stock in them. Where do you fall in that line where you talk about productivity versus intangibles? Because we see guys run fast times, but mm-hmm. don't have to tape the match or it's vice versa. And we see how people really change their whole perspectives of them. But like I said with you, where do you fall on that?
1: I thought everything has to be applied with context. I never base all of my, if you put it, you know, never put all your eggs in one basket. And it's the same thing with analysis. You never want to just base everything based off of one moment or one thing you had. Like a lot of people last year were saying, look at Zachary Wilson during his pro day. Look how he launched the ball. He had the throw. The the best throw I've ever seen. I was just like the pro day with the throw. I I I couldn't believe the actual professional like analysts and writers were saying these things. And I'm like, just, just what? Like, look at his tape and the, no, oh, it's not that. Like what are and it was a throw that if you throw that in the game, It's not a good throw. It's like it's not a good throw. So uh, so, I mean, like stuff like that, there's always gonna be people that overinflate things based off of one thing they saw. But what I want to see out of certain players is how does your how does your combine complement your your, your tape? How does your combine complement your your attitude and your your you know the notes on you as a person and when he all gets put together, there's absolutely people that are, gonna, that are going to 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 look at all the look at all these things and say, "Yo, yeah, I'm going to make something of that guy." But then there's going to be guys that you know kind of don't confirm things. Like, you know, one of the things that you know the Steelers had stark contrasts in how they picked was between their 2013 and their 2015 drafts. Both drafts they selected in the first round an edge rusher. In 2013, Jarvis Jones. 2015, Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree, still to this day, one of the best spark scores. Of all, you know, the NFL mm-hmm. draft analysis, and those don't know who Spark is. It's like a combination of all of yeah. the major explains to explain how explosive you are. One of the worst Spark scores of all time, though, was Jarvis Jones. Mm-hmm. And it was just presumed, well, he doesn't need that explosiveness because he's so good at technique and he did so well at Georgia and blew, blew this up, blew that up. And then it turned out he was, you know, one of – he was maybe the worst first-round pick mm-hmm. of the Kevin Colbert era. Um, and – I think that there's times you, you got to use the, the combine information to confirm what you're thinking, but don't use it to only define what you're thinking. You know, still, mm-hmm. like if this player intrigued you, OK, now go and show look at look up the tape and see what are the positive things that this guy's showing that shows you that he can be something in the NFL. And he's going to continue to hone his craft because that's the other thing. Yeah. Preparation for the combine. That's another factor in mm-hmm. how you determine who how, how real a player is and how much you
0: should want. No I-, I love the way that you kind of lay that down and you know what the the way you described that like that's how I that's where i think the middle ground is for like analytics and sports too right is that you want to you want to see something on tape you want to see something on film and you go oh wait i think this and then you look deeper into the numbers and it confirms what you're seeing and oh yeah that really like i think there's there's a lot of good that can be had when you meet that middle ground when you don't say oh i'm just cutting on the tape or you don't say oh i'm just looking at the data i'm just looking at the numbers it's that sweet spot in the middle. It's always a sweet spot when we get our buddy CC on the show with us here. Chris, you got to settle a uh, – well, you know what? I was going to call it a Steelers Blitz debate, but I don't even know if it is because I think we're both on the same page on this, mozi But, Chris, <laughs> on this show, Steelers Blitz, all right? If Arthur Moats and I were to compa- campaign, you know – Motz Euler 2024, it would be on the platform of the 40-yard dash is overrated because ah. the only time you run a 40-yard dash in the NFL is when your butt's mm-hmm. getting burnt and you're turning around and you're chasing. Chris Carter, That's though. I feel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chris Carter, your thoughts on the 40-yard dash? Yeah, I I, I I do think it's important to see flat-out speed,
1: but the people – see, like to me, it's not overrated to me because I don't value it. As the end all be all. Hmm. It's fun because mm-hmm. speed, who who doesn't love to see who's the fastest? Always love the, the fastest kid. kid. Who's right. the fastest yeah, one? It, yeah. It's like it's like that's fun to tell. But when people put too much value in it, like then you're the problem. So most, I, I agree with you. It can be it is some people overhype it way too much, and I'm just like, geez. I mean, also it doesn't determine football speed. Like you said, Correct. you know, fo- mm-hmm. football is, is football speed. You're not, you're often not running as fast as you possibly can because your head's on a swivel. You're looking yeah. around like, am <laughs> I going to get clocked? Am I going to get wrecked here? I don't know. Um, and that's where I, I look at it. Like, I agree. A 40 yard dash, so overhyped as, as far as that, but it's still a very important tool to measure to see, did this guy work on his speed to show that he could right. be this guy that like, you know, if you're, especially for cornerbacks and receivers, you know, if, if I want a guy who's a burner, I need to see it on the 40 yard dash. And mm-hmm. that's where I think it's the, it's the biggest use, but yeah. But when you taught me, when you start looking at like, you know, even a linebacker off ball linebackers, it still matters, but like, even like yeah. edge rushers, I don't care as much about, it. I want to <laughs> see your broad jump. I want to see your shuttle. Show me how explosive or how quick you are in changing directions. Um, but, you know, but so I wouldn't say, it's, it, you know, it's, it's, I, mean, I guess I would say it's overrated. Well, no, just, no.
2: But, but, and I will say this, I agree with what you're pointing out too. And I was, what I told Wes was I like more so the 10 and 20 yard split of the yeah. 40 yard dash, because now you're yes. measuring the same explosiveness. Now you're Get measuring. Off how quick can you get the to top speed? Because uh-huh. we know, I mean, once you get the to top speed, we're all fast. Like at this level, yeah. at least we all should be fast. Right. Yeah. But it's, who can accelerate and get there the fastest. And that's some of the things that I like about the 40, but yeah, as a whole, I just do think that, you know, people put a little bit too much stock into it, you know,
1: no, I agree, I agree with that. It's the problem is it's it's not the event itself, it's the stock put into it. Correct. Um I, but I think it's 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 another part of the 24-7 media cycle of sports coverage and needing to talk things, and sometimes you just need something easy to talk about. So you're like, ah, 40 yeah. yard dash, wow, he's really fast. And that's kind of how that, now, that develops.
2: Now, when you have these guys that decide not to run 40s at all, right? They don't run it at their combine, they don't even run them at their pro day. How do you feel about that when you cut on the tape and you're like, hey, this guy makes the plays I wanted to make? Najee Harris a prime example, right? Yeah. We talked about his speed, but it was because he didn't run a 40. Nobody knew how fast he was. When you cut on the tape, we said, what? He's fast enough that he's not getting caught. Mm-hmm. He's fast enough that he can hit these holes and, and you know, make these 20, 30-yard runs and stuff like that. So when I think of that also, does that deter you away from players just to know if they decide that they don't want to even go that route of putting
1: it out there? It it, it depends on the context. I, I don't normally know. And, you know, especially, mm-hmm. you know but, if, if, but unless you're a guy who – like speed is your strength and you're not doing mm. it then i'm like what are you doing there right. but like like for Najee harris if you look at his tape he's not about straight line speed like that's not why right. you're drafting him in the first place you're drafting right. naji harris for his vision his ability mm. to cut his strength his overall talent there right. but but if
2: he goes out and runs a four six
1: and then everyone starts like, oh, talking oh, about we can't that
2: take right. that yeah. right.
1: and, and that changes so i don't blame mm. guys for doing it this is all about how do you best sell yourself you know mm. a, a, as a player and if and if you know um, if you know, you know what you know. What your strengths and weaknesses are, and you want teams to just buy into you for that,
0: yeah, do do what he did and and, and, and skip the forty yard dash. Speaking of which, I heard Kenny Pickett's uh, hand th- physical therapist is online too right now, trying ah. to trying to chat with us. It's Chris Carter with us here on the Steelers Blitz. Uh, okay, Chris, you know what? You mentioned Najee Harris there. This is a good transition. Um, Moats and I spent the first segment of this show. You know, kind of before we deep dive and really focus on the 2022 NFL Draft and that class for the Steelers, let's look back at 2021. Some grades, some thoughts, some things like that. NFL.com had been doing this over the past couple weeks. You know, going division by division and giving grades for uh, for each team in each division. They gave the Steelers a B. Moats and I thought that that was fair. You know, we looked at the class. There, you got a lot of solid production from, you know, from Najee Harris, the first pick, to Trey Norwood in the seventh round. You mm-hmm. still feel like you know there's nobody that they drafted that you're just completely writing off already. That it feels like a lot of these guys can still take a take a next step forward and get even better. You know, you got you got solid contributions from Najee and Fryermouth yeah. and and Kendrick Green and Dan Moore Jr. and Loudermilk, and like I said, Norwood. Um, when you look back at, at 2021, do you have a a grade that comes to mind? Um, and, and maybe just how you think, you know, the Steelers did like Motz and I both said that, that we thought that, um, the Bengals and the Browns were were a step ahead, but that you mm. could argue the Steelers had a better draft year than the Ravens. It was a pretty good year overall. It felt for I'm asking a lot of questions here. Let's start Steelers <laughs> 2021. Steelers 2021 draft class. A year later, what grade would you give it? How would you evaluate that? As as you know, we're we're about a year since those guys were drafted.
1: I I typically don't like assign like official grades to a class until it's like four years in. Hmm. Like that's smart. Like this, this will this will be the year that I like I start to grade the 2019 class of Devin Bush, Deontay Johnson, Benny Snell, Zach Gentry, those guys, because, um you know, because then we'll have seen how they played out because a lot of guys, Bud Dupree, if you had graded him in his second or third year, you might have said, mm-hmm. oh, man,
2: F at times, right? Or, or D or C, depending <laughs> right. on who you are. Yeah, right.
1: And, uh, and and you're saying wow that 2015 draft that's cuz then you cuz you also had Sanquez Golson who never played Sammy mm-hmm. Goats whose, whose hands got broke uh, Jesse James and Anthony Chikile would have been your best players but then what Dupree pre-changes all of that um you know so as of now I would say a B plus simply because I think Najee Harris is a huge piece of what they need for the future, uh, especially for the next four or five years with their, with their position at quarterback. I think Pat Fryermuth has the potential to be the best tight end in the NFL. If not, you know, you know, one of, or, or the best tight ends in the NFL. Um, I really think he, he has a chance to, he needs a quarterback that can get him the ball. Um, but he, he has that kind of potential there. Um, what, what pulls me back though about this is the fact that they needed a center they had a shot at Creed Humphrey in the second round and he turned out to be really, really good. And they ended up with Kendrick green. That's the one thing that kind of bites back at me and says, eh, like, this could have, this could have been better, but I, I think a BB plus range because here's the thing though, even though Kendrick Green didn't work out this year, uh, Dan Moore jr. Developed into, you know, if that's a fourth round rookie and he, and that's his, if that's the basement, the floor that you're working with, I'll take that uh, Isaiah Loudermilk. I think he took some really good strides this year. Trey Norwood took some really good strides this year. I think Critzy Rocher was a good pick. They should have found a way to try to keep him, and uh, he, and, and you're seeing him catch on elsewhere yeah. right now. Um, and I, and I, and I still think I want to see Presley Harvin in a year where his dad's not dying and his grandma's like he's had, he had a rough year with that, mm-hmm. and that was a lot to, to put on him. Um, I want to see him in a full year this year and see how that plays out. But you know, but when you consider a, when you're happy with with Harris Farmouth more. Loudermilk, Norwood in, and you're excited for, for the potential of, uh, of Buddy Johnson and Harvin and mm-hmm. uh, that, that to me deserves praise. And this group, as of right now, B+, they could jump to an A within, within this next year if, if these guys keep taking steps forward. But I, I think that it was a good class.
2: Okay, so we're all on the same page. I just don't operate with B pluses or minuses. I just A, <laughs> B, C, D. So I said B as well. So I'm glad that we're actually, you know, we're, we're all pretty similar with that. I, and I even took it a step further because I know you were talking about Kendra Green, and we know it was a little bit underwhelming at times. But at the same time, when you're talking about having a guy that starts 15 games in the third round. Yeah. That doesn't happen often. Does you not- know what I mean? So – even though it was a mixed bag in terms of he didn't live up to the expectation that we might've wanted. It's still hard to fault that pick in terms of what he was able to do in terms of, like I said, being out there now, can he improve? Yes. Do we hope he improves? Yes. Are we still potentially going to take an interior lineman? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, the fact that you get that value in the third round, I think is a a critical piece Excuse me for this class.
1: Absolutely. And one thing to remember Steelers fans is that, Really, the only, only the first 15 picks of the draft are the picks that should be like, you can't miss. Like, you Correct. better get this guy right.
2: Or it should be starters day one. R- right. And Dar- that's start- the other part. Yeah. yeah
1: because like a lot of people think that well if you if you're picking 28th overall you should be picking a superstar right you know that, that, that's still first mm-hmm, round mm-hmm. it's it's not it's not how it works and then when you get mm-hmm. to the even in the second round you know you are throwing darts at a dartboard man yes. and you, you sometimes you may hit 20 sometimes you may hit the bullseye sometimes you may hit the one you know that's that's just how that's just how that works but like mm-hmm. i hear people call like presley harvin a draft bust i'm like bro there is no such thing as a I bust sh- in the, the seventh round, round. what
0: but, and I'm just like,
1: huh, what are we, what are,
0: what are we, doing? Here? <laughs> all draft picks should make the all rookie team. Chris, what's the matter with you? I mean, <clears throat> it's,
2: that man but, said it's in, the, in the back of the draft, you're a draft, I'm, but I'm like, Lord. Like,
1: do, do people realize that when, when you're picked, <laughs> when you're picked past the, th- like the th- the top three rounds to me are like the, Hey, that's the cutoff. Guys, yeah. Th- 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 these guys should be mm-hmm. either day one starters or role players who find ways to contribute over the next four years and maybe you know if if 50% of those guys get second year second time contracts great you're doing on you're you're, you're doing awesome right but once you went fourth round you should still get some hits on once you get to the fifth sixth, and seventh, I mean you're just you're just hoping something sticks. Yeah. Um. So when people start saying, "Oh, they're they're terrible at selecting," de-. yes, most people
2: are. Most <laughs> hey, hey, wait, wait a minute, wait. wait. E- e- easy on that six round. Slam. Easy you on the sixth bad, round. Talk right. bad about the fifth. Talk bad about the seventh. You can even mention the fourth. Don't you talk about that six round now? Okay. You uh, sixth that Chris, round is so where you, do you get that the Arthur and Moses. Antonio Brown. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, can't even Arthur and Tom Brady like? Why you gotta throw the AB on me like? Wait, wait, wait! It's round upon right now, chill. Because
0: I got a whole lot of money.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, gosh! I thought it was oh, the pit,
2: gosh. not the palace. Come
1: on, man! <laughs> oh, what, what, what yeah, you know, whatever song he's on, he's on now. Jeez, oh, um, But no, but 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 to, but to y'all's point, and um, and it's funny, it's funny. I love how you worked in you know, most. He's like, you know, Tom Brady, Antonio Brown, Arthur Motes, duh, sixth round. Uh oh, no, say uh, right there. Is that That's uh, that's that's the Mount Rushmore of sixth round NFL draft picks right there, that simple, man. <laughs> uh, but 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 to, but to your point you know but, but when you get there i mean that's why it's so special to hit on anyone at that point yeah. you know and if you get guys you're you're that's that's the that's the bonus but the first 3 rounds that's where i'm like you need to at least be hitting on half of those to be considered
0: like a good gm because that's how you team build that is 100% how you team build chris one of the things that we discussed too is you know those no, no Steelers fans maybe outside of, uh, you know, Penhill, or sorry, not uh, outside of Penn Hills. maybe outside of Clariton. No Steelers fans were happy to see the Bengals have success. We we mm-hmm. know how th- that works. But the one thing that you can take and be encouraged by what you saw in Cincinnati it's how quick they turn this thing around. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it took them two draft classes. You know, in 2020, they get Burrow, they get Higgins, they get Wilson. That's a, a, a solid base. And then this past year, you know, Jamar Chase, uh, McPherson, couple pieces to the offensive line, couple depth edge guys on defense, and all of a sudden you get hot at the right time and you make a run in the playoffs. That's got to kind of be the blueprint for the Steelers, right? Is Is that, hey, two years here. If you hit on some draft picks, if you make the right moves in free agency, you could be right back in the mix again. It doesn't mean you're going to go on a run to the Super Bowl because that's always unpredictable, but you can win a division title. You can win double-digit games. You don't have to wallow and feel like this is going to be a long-term process. This is something that, you know, if you make a couple right decisions, you could get moving in the right direction pretty quickly
1: yeah I mean we, we've seen it all the time I mean the Steelers in 2003 before they picked Ben Roethlisberger people didn't think that that team was going to go to the AFC championship game that year or go 15 and 1 during the regular season and yes Ben Roethlisberger was a part of it but you know it was also the maturation of their previous picks of Ike Taylor of Troy Polamalu guys who were able to, to stand out Antoine Randall L got better that, that year you know Casey Hampton well actually Casey Hampton got hurt that year I think but still you know all those picks were all adding up and the same thing can happen for the picks behind the that the Steelers have already made. I agree. You know, a team can turn, can can turn things around with a good draft. Um, And, you know, for all the people that are saying, oh, the Steelers are so far behind all these other teams. I'm like, they beat the bills and the Titans with Ben Roethlisberger in the worst year of his career with no offensive line with the worst rushing defense in the NFL. (laughs) Imagine if at least Two of those things are fixed. Imagine if they have one of the best run defenses in the NFL because they, they have guys who are healthy and they're not depleted defensive line, and Devin Bush is playing better, and they've paid some free agents to come in. And imagine that offensive line is actually playing at a high level, or at least a, a very or an good average level. level yeah, or just right. an <laughs> average level. Imagine if the offensive line is decent because of the the additions you made. And then you're going in and saying, wow, like the only real weakness the Steelers have right now is, you know, the quarterback position. You can live with that. As we've seen teams like the 49ers live with that. So I'm right with you. The draft can change things quickly. It can, it can also mess you up for a long time if you keep missing at it. Um, But uh, the Bengals are a prime example. Like you said, over the last two drafts, Jamar chase, uh, Evan McPherson, uh, Joe Burrow, T, T. Higgins, Logan Wilson, all those guys yep. contributors, and they needed their fair share, mm-hmm. share of free agents. And I think yep. they're going to have some interesting questions about how they handle bringing guys back this year. But ultimately, yeah, it's it's an exciting time to see what your team does to, to go and get and fill up those different roster spots.
2: Now, Chris, you brought up, you know, the quarterback position, right? When we talk about Ben Roethlisberger on that 15-1 team, he still was what? A first-round pick, a top-15 yep. pick. Yep. When you talk about the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow, he still was what? Top pick. First overall, when, yeah. Even when we're talking about the Niners, Jimmy Garoppolo, he mm-hmm. still has proven that he's already an NFL-capable starter. He's taken his team to a Super Bowl. Yep. When I think of all of those variables and we bring it back home to Pittsburgh, do we feel like Mason is that? Or do you still got to go out there and acquire a quarterback that it can at least do that? Because that, to me, is the big difference in this conversation. We've talked about all these other positions and how we could work this roster and make it good. But if we don't feel like Mason or Haskins is at least the prerequisite of what Jimmy G is, and I think Jimmy G is still a good quarterback, not a great quarterback, but a good quarterback, we're still going to have issues. And that's the part for me where I just wanted to
1: get your opinion on that. Hmm. I just... I think I think that there's it's important to go to have your quarterback. I don't think Mason is that guy. I don't think that he's okay. the Joe Burrow, the the guy that's going to turn things around. Josh I think he Allen. can be a play. <clears throat> I, I I think that he's the guy that can be the placeholder that cannot make the big mistake and allow the rest of the team to win and help them with the occasional good throw, okay. good read, you know, solid quarterback play there. Um, and I and, I, and then that's fine having that. Like mm-hmm. the Niners have worked worked like that, but that's why they went and got Trey Lance. Because they, they, they want to get the guy who's going to be the difference maker at the position. And they want him to be able to, 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 to make that impact. I just, I, I don't see that becoming a thing for Mason Rudolph. I do see, you know, the potential for him to have success around a team that runs the ball well and defends, the, defends well. And, you know, gives him opportunities where it's, it's not a whole lot of pressure on him to make the plays. And when he does, it's great. Um, but... You know, but but that's why I think the Steelers they should be looking at quarterback. Um, they shouldn't reach this year by any means. You know, I I don't think this is the best class that we've seen mm-hmm. we've seen here for a while. And um, uh, you know, I, I'm not big on Sam Howe. I think Malik Willis has an amazingly high ceiling. Um, and and there's potential there. I I think Kenny Pickett is a great leader, and I think that he would he has all the tools to be a good uh, starting quarterback in the NFL who can you know rise and continue to grow. Uh, but. I also know next year there's going to be some big names, you know, Bryce Young, mm-hmm. CJ Stroud, Brendan Armstrong, like a lot of guys that are going to be really talented dudes in that draft class. And if you, if you're, if you find a way to shore up the offensive line and the defense, so the next year you're like, well, we don't need a cornerback because we went and signed, you know, a big guy in free agency last year. We don't need another linebacker because we drafted, you know, whoever last year that's pairing with Devin Bush. We don't need, you know, uh, you know, a whole offensive line because we went and figured that out. So what do we get to do? We get to trade up and we get to go get the quarterback of our choice. Hmm.
0: I concur. Oh, I like love it. catching I like up it. with our buddy like Chris it. Carter. All yes. right. We have we have kept this man too long and we are pushing break. One last one I got for you, CC. Sure. Joe Schobert. All right. Mm-hmm. To, to the to the here and the now and the, the roster that is is current with the Steelers. One of the highest, he's he's got I think the third or fourth highest cap hit on on yeah. the roster right now for this season. I think it's T.J. Cam to it, and then Joe Schobert. Yeah. Um, if you're the Steelers, if you're Kevin Colbert and whoever who's next, and and Mike Tomlin and company, restructure, release, or do you just leave it as is?
1: I just know what you leave it as is. I'm sorry. As, 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 as hard as Joe, Joe Schobert's work to get to this point in his career, a 9.72 million cap hit Woo! is just way too much for what, for what he brings to the table. Um, if he can, if he wants to live with a major, major, major new, new, new contract, that's going to, you know, more than have his, uh, his, his salary cap hit great. But I don't know. understand if he says, no, why would I do that? I'm, I'm making this money. I want my money. So I'm going to go take this money and go somewhere else um i think that they could definitely use the 7.8 million that they'd save in salary cap space by cutting him and be able to live with the 1.8 million that they mm-hmm. lose in dead money. dead money mm-hmm. um and, and that's that's acceptable but you know like there's other dead monies that you can't really do like you know if you if you cut stefan to it his dead money would be like 9.6 million dollars so yeah you know, it's just yeah. sometimes the the you know the you're just in a rough spot with contracts but yeah joe showbert um i again i think he deserves credit for fighting the good fight and for filling in when the Steelers needed him to because they desperately needed a partner for Devin Bush. I, I don't think that they beat the Browns the first time without Joe Schobert. Um, but uh because of fumbling force. Mm-hmm. So like he, he did a fine job. But I if I'm if I'm Kevin Colbert, I'm bringing him in and saying, listen, man, here's the offer. If you don't take it, that's fine. You can walk and we'll we'll see, we'll see you some other time. Now, just in terms of just
2: both of those guys, right? Devin Bush and Joe Schubert, because we both know that money-wise. They have a little bit higher of a hit, right, in terms yep. of how they affect us. But why are we more higher on Devin Bush, who is still an unproven commodity, versus a Joe Shobert, who's already proven that he could play in this league and play at a high level?
1: Well, Joe Shobert's also at a different part of his career. Mm-hmm. Joe Shobert tw- is, is about is is either is either twenty nine or about to be twenty nine, mm-hmm. and. When you see so still that, still under
2: thirty though, still under
1: thirty, still <laughs> under thirty,
2: and we know that's the magic number with football, right? Is he We're under thirty? We're all on the other side of thirty, boys. If he's <laughs> under thirty; he's good. That's what we always talk about. He's under thirty; he's under thirty.
1: <laughs> but see, that that's the thing though: is he turns thirty very soon, uh-huh. and he doesn't have any of the explosive traits that you want. He's a good filling Correct. guy. Again, if mm-hmm. they can, if he can agree to a cheaper to a cheaper contract, that yeah. that's great. Keep him around. Right. But like Devin Bush is twenty four. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's five years of difference there. And his athletic profile is off the mm-hmm. charts when he's actually healthy. I right. give him time to figure that out and move forward from there yeah. um, and even add to the linebacker room so that it's like if Joe Schobert yeah. stays, he, knows, he needs to know it's not it's not sweet. It's not coming mm-hmm. to say that goes for Devin. Nothing sweet. You better come in and you yeah. better work every single day. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm not, I, I think Joe Schobert's either a cut or like an obvious cut or a sort of obvious, like, hey, let's make a new deal here because this one that you're in, it ain't going to fly.
0: Love it. Our buddy, Chris Carter, we could talk with him all day, but unfortunately, we got to pay some bills and get to the break here. Folks, make sure you are, you know, we ask you, we don't ask you much on the show here as our loyal listeners of the Steelers Blitz, but we ask you to support the people who support us, who help us. And Chris Carter's certainly been one of those guys on the show since day one. The Locked On Steelers podcast, folks. If you think you're a Steelers junkie, but you're not subscribed to Locked On Steelers, mm-hmm. guess what? You're not a Steelers junkie. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And, and and if you subscribe today, special bonus, your newest episode of the day has Arthur Motes on it. So Absolutely. how about that? Oh, hey <laughs> Absolutely. Now. Chris, and he did Chris. not
2: get left all bad and bougie.
0: Just no, throwing that out not. there as well. No, he, he did, did not. not get left
2: all bad and bougie either, so we're good.
0: <laughs> Chris, buddy, we know uh, you are always a busy guy and doing a million things. We appreciate your time as always. Thank you, and we'll talk soon. Thank you, guys. There he is, Chris Carter. We'll be back on the other side to wrap up the show. little around the league conversation and a couple would-you-rather draft scenarios. It's Arthur Motes and Wesley Euler. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR.